Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where we want you to find hope and encouragement from real people sharing their real stories. So here we go with your weekly dose of real talk, girl chat, and good vibes. Hi friends, today's episode is one that is a bit difficult for me to record, but it's one that I feel needs to be shared. I'm interviewed by my great friend, Lori Williams, who has encouraged me to tell this part of my story when I did feel alone for a good deal of time. I speak today about my boyfriend in high school, Wesley, passing away in a car accident, the impact that he made on my life, those around him, and what I have learned since. Thank you, Lori, for encouraging me, writing these questions, and sitting down with me to record episode 39. Here we go. Okay, so today is a little bit different in the interview process. Uh, I have my friend Lori here because she has, I'll let her tell a little bit about why she's here, but um, I'm excited and nervous at the same time. So Lori, you get to take over. (laughs) I am here today because we have been friends for several years now. And one day we were having a conversation and you kind of dropped a bomb on me. (laughs) We had to go back. And I did not realize that I did. (laughs) About a huge part of your story that I just didn't know about. And so... Um, I think that this is a major reason you felt called to create the podcast, Mm -hmm. and I think it's something that it would be nice for your listeners to know about this part of your life. So I just wanted to come on to help you kind of talk talk that through. Thank you. And she created questions for me and everything. I was like, thank you so much. (laughs) So now I'm on the flip side of of this. Um, All of the guests that I've had on before have walked in and been like, I'm a little nervous. I'm like, no no reason to be nervous. And now I told Lori, I was like, I'm a little nervous being on this side of the questions, but We're it's going to be good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. So thank you for coming on and doing this. I'm happy to. Yeah. Would you like me just to dive in with my questions? Let's go for it. <laughs> so can you just set the stage? So we're going to be talking about a relationship that you had when you were in high school mm-hmm. with Wesley. And just tell us a little bit about that relationship and the time in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes, so this feels super weird because we're going back, um, it's about to be the 18th anniversary um, of his passing, but when I was in high school, I dated um, Wesley, and he was fabulous. Um, It's weird to think about high school and going back and like, how, one of the questions was like, how did you meet him? Or, you know, like, how did this happen? Set the stage. So when I'm thinking back, I'm thinking um, freshman year, high school English class, My best friend's mom, Mallory's mom, was our English teacher, and we had this project, and um, I need to tell you about his presence. So he's like six foot four, spiky hair, like just, it's just fun to think about, but um, he's in our freshman English class, and we all just loved being around him because um, he's, he was funny and witty and like very smart, but didn't act like, you know, nerdy about it or anything. So we all got put um, in this group to do a group project, Mallory, myself, and Wesley. And we went over to Mallory's house to create this project. And it was for To Kill a Mockingbird, the book that was our project. And we created this huge tree, like in the book. And inside of it, we had to do like symbols from the book or something. So inside of this tree, we cut this hole and then had a bag in the back of it. And we got to reach in and pick out items. And I can vividly remember like sitting in our group projects and like getting to know Wesley and Mallory and I just laughing because he was just constantly keeping us on our toes. So that's where we sort of became friends and that's where our relationship started. Um, But we did not date each other then. 
that was ninth grade. Um, so then fast forward to 10th grade and we, you know, had talked or whatever, but we officially became like girlfriend, boyfriend, because before we couldn't drive anywhere, you know, we're 15, (laughs) you're at high school, like, but now, um, both of our birthdays were in October. And so we were like, we're about to be able to drive or whatever. And we went to homecoming together. And so that was where we were like, let's, let's date. And he asked me out. Um, so that's where to set the stage, that's where our relationship started. And that's where we're going back to when I'm 16 years old and it was, Gosh, to think about 16 years old now know, being such an exciting, fun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So that's that's the stage. Okay. So what did you guys like to do for fun together? Do you want to tell us about a, a fun or funny memory you have with him? Sure. So I had already talked about like his presence and um, just he, you, when he walked into a room, you knew he was in the room. And it wasn't so much because he was six foot four, but even more so that he would make people laugh. And he also had this wit about him to um, not take things so seriously. That was a big lesson that I learned from him is to not take things so seriously. And sometimes I need to remember that lesson a lot more. Um, so he just, I just remember like him giving teachers a hard time, him giving his mom and dad a hard time. I mean, his mom would be like, Wesley, stop. Like he would just try to scare her coming around the corner. Just a lot of fun. Um, so typical high school things, I guess we would go to the movies or go out to eat. Um, we went out to eat with friends a lot. Like, um, we went to Chili's a lot. <laughs> I remember that, um, you know, high school budget. It was yes. <laughs> high school budget and gas money was a big deal. So we did that. Um, he lived on a farm. His dad is a cattle farmer and just a lot of fun out there riding four wheelers or going out and riding the property and things like that. He was a big movie watcher. So we would watch a lot of movies, the matrix being one of them. I mean, am I taking anybody back? (laughs) We're watching a lot of 1990s, (laughs) early two thousands movies and just spending time with our families, I think was pretty cool too. Went to the beach um, with each other and went to the mountains with each other and just, you know, having those outside of school experiences with each other's families um, and our families falling in love with each of us. That was a big part of that time as well. Um, and I talked a little bit about his giving his mom a hard time and his, he has a little brother and, and his dad just, they were a really close knit family, really tight. And so it was nice to be welcomed in mm-hmm. and come to like family events or holiday things. I remember going over there after Christmas um, and just seeing his family and meeting his grandparents and, you know, just very, it felt very real, um, the relationship for a high school relationship. And I'm sure that's probably how a lot of relationships are in high school, but it was just neat to be welcomed in, um, to his family and they're just the kindest people. I'm sure it was that way with yours as well. Oh yeah. My family absolutely loved him. It was cool too, because, um, I have a little sister and a little brother. My little brother looked up to him so much. Um, um, Greg, when he got his hair cut one time, he went and got gel and he spiked his hair up like him. And we were like, what are you doing? But he loved, he just loved, he thought he was so cool. And he was, he was a good person to emulate. Um, just very free spirited and um, respectful, but funny. So I think that that was cool to see my little brother be impacted by him. Um, my dad had some really good conversations with him and he would always make my mom laugh and my sister just thought it was, she would just like laugh at anything he did. So it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I would say if I had to to figure out what his Enneagram was, it would probably be a seven, (laughs) um, very smart and witty. 
So did y'all talk about the future together? Did you envision, you know, this could be your future spouse? Mm -hmm. I would say as well as I could at 17, you know, we talked about that one day, like, oh, one day we could have this land and build a house out here, whatever. Um, So there were dreams and, you know, we didn't know what life was going to hand us because we have college to go through and all of that. But looking back at 17, that was real. That was a real dream. And I think, what, what did his, his um, grandmother, I think, was like, this is Wesley's wife. And we all laughed so hard about that. Um, and then, like, the night um, that he passed, we were at a an anniversary party for his aunt and uncle. And his dad was like, introduced me as his wife or whatever. You know, just funny things like that. But things that afterwards, after that anniversary party, we talked about, was like, that was so funny that your dad said that, you know, innocently. But at the same time, like, it makes your mind think, what if one day, you know, you're in high school, but high school sweethearts get married a lot. So it was a possibility. And we did talk about that. Um, Yeah. And it seems like the family even saw it going that way as well. Yeah. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, don't date him, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, or don't date her. It was very, like, okay, our families got along. It It was, you know, just normal for us it felt right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah relationship yeah and then what happened yeah the night of the anniversary party yeah so um anniversary party was fun and he had actually gotten a new truck I think that Friday so this was Saturday um Saturday night that we were going out and we had gone to his aunt and uncle's anniversary party and then said hey we're gonna go back to my house um be in my parents house and going back to our house, and we were going to watch Saturday Night Live. And we had gotten permission to, like, stay out past our curfew. Um, thinking about these questions, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so weird to think back, like, you know, asking permission to stay out past 11 or whatever. Um, so we Good wanted deal. to – it was. It was. So um, we wanted to watch Saturday Night Live. I mean, really, we just wanted to hang out with each other. But they were they were fine with that. My parents were home. And so we just sat on the couch and watched Saturday Night Live, literally nothing crazy. And – then I remember um, it was time to go, and he had called his parents on the house phone. He had a cell phone. He might have called him on his cell phone. Um, this was when cell phones were – I'm totally dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is when cell phones had just, you know, really gotten – everybody had them and not a car bag phone. You yeah. Know? yeah. That was that was the time where right. for a text message. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no texting like we text now. He had called his mom or, you know, texted and said, hey, we're headed – I'm headed home. And I walked him out to the driveway and told him bye. I remember being wrapped up in like a a quilt that my nanny had made because it was cold. It was March. And so I was like, let me throw this on, you know, over my clothes. And so I'm like walking out there and I told him bye, loved him. And um, I said, call me when you get home. Like that's what always happened. And so I went, I went and got ready for bed. I mean, it was late. So I was tired. It was probably 1231 when he had left and I finally like went and got in my bed. And I was, I had my phone by me, you know, waiting for him to call me and he never called, but I never knew cause I fell asleep. And so, I mean, if anybody knows me, they know like I can fall asleep pretty quick, <laughs> which is good and bad at, you know, this time. So I fell asleep and then I woke up and I guess it was like three or three thirty in the morning and our house phone rang. I picked up my line in my room and my dad was already on the phone downstairs cause I mean, if you're 30 plus, you remember this, but you could be on the same phone in your house and like hear the other person talking. So I could hear my dad. And then I heard Donald, Wesley's dad, 
on the other end of the line. And he was like, is Wesley there still? And, and my dad was like, I don't, wait, what? And he was like trying to wake up and he was like, I don't think so. Let me go check. And I said, hi, Mr. Donald. No, Wesley went home. He left at like 1230. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want him to get in trouble. Like he really is. He's probably in his room, you know, go check. And then he said, well, no, um, the police have uh, told me that I need to go up to the hospital because he's been in an accident. And my dad was like, what? And he said, yeah, he's been in an accident. We don't know. We don't know what happened, but we have to go to the hospital. And so my dad was like, we'll meet you there. So my dad, thank God, he was so strong. So he got dressed and I got dressed. And um, I can remember what I was wearing down to like, finding it on the floor next to my bed. I was like, oh my gosh, I just need to throw a t-shirt on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get in the car and I was like, dad, we need to pray that he's okay. And he's not like paralyzed for the rest of his life, you know, thinking that. And he was like, oh, I'm praying, but you need to pray for his parents too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. Not really letting it settle in. Yeah. We got to the hospital we walked in, and there were EMS workers in the corner sitting in a chair, and they wouldn't look at us. And my dad walked up to the counter, and he asked the nurse at the station, he was like, hey, we're here to see Wesley Roberts. She just shook her head no. And I was like, yes, you know, looking at her, and my dad said, he's gone to me. And I just slid down the wall and sat on the cold floor. And I didn't know what to do. I'd never experienced any loss like this. Um, And I just saw him. Like, how can you just see somebody? Then they said, his parents are already back there. And they said, you could go back. So my dad and I walked back um, and got put in this. I mean, like, it sort of felt like what I imagine, I don't know, like, death to be when you see like a bright light people explain like a bright light the room looked so white and just stark there were no nothing on the bed it was just sheets on the bed there was nothing in the room it was just white cylinder block walls and I sat down on the bed next to his mom and she was like this cannot be happening like this is not real and I said no it's not real like we just didn't want to believe it um and his dad was like I'm supposed to go in and identify his body. And he asked my dad, will you go with me? And my dad now later has told me that he just kept repeating over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he was like, I don't want to see him like that. He said he went in and he, you know, definitely did not look like himself because he had been in a car accident. Um, He had flipped end over end in his truck. And um, hit a tree, and it had crushed his chest, I think, is what I've been told. And um, just lots of swelling and stuff like that. So not how I would ever want to see him. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I didn't see him. And then I I don't even know where we went from there other than I left, and I called my best friend, Mallory. And I remember, like, bless her mom's heart, she was probably like, who was calling us at 5 in the morning? And I was like, can I please talk to Mallory? And she said, yeah, hang on. She went and got her. I said, her Wesley's been in a car accident. And I don't know what to do. And she was like, I'm coming over. And she sat with me on my couch. I don't know when she ever left. I feel like we just all sat there. 
I had slept for, what, two hours? And then the sun came up. And here we are at a new day, but he wasn't there anymore. Um, it was really, it was really weird. Really strange. I don't know how else to say it other than, like, it sort of felt like I was just in this fog of life keeps moving, but I'm still right here in the same spot, and I'm not able to pick up and move on. It was lots of food, lots of flowers, visitation. The visitation was so full. The funeral was incredibly packed. I can't say that I remember very much other than one of my friends from high school sang the Pearl Harbor song, and I can't even remember the words to it now, but that was something that like, they were like, do you want to do anything in the funeral? I mean, they let me be a part of it. And I was like, yes, can she really sing that song? Anyways, that was the worst night of my life. The worst night. And what would you say, how would you describe the next, the days following that, even months following that? Um, mm-hmm. What was comforting to you? Mm-hmm. What were the best things people could say or do? So that week was the week before we got out for spring break at school. And so I stayed out that entire week of school. It happened on a Sunday, early Sunday morning, 1 a.m. So I stayed out of school that whole week. Then it was spring break. I stayed out of school that week. And um, I think I went back the following week. And I want to say we had already had cheerleading tryouts before that. And so I was on the cheerleading team and like, or this, whatever you call it, squad or whatever. So I think that that was good because it sort of took my brain off of it sometimes. But I also realized like how unhealthy I had become. I hadn't been able to eat very much, um, sleep very well. I was very depressed. And I don't think my parents knew what to do because they were probably experiencing so much hurt as well. Which, I mean, like as a 17-year-old, you're like, this is my life. Like, everything just ended for me. And I wasn't very thoughtful of, like, what are they going through watching their daughter be so sad and losing Wesley. So that's interesting to look back on. Um, I was not the nicest person to be around. I am surprised that I still had friends that wanted to be around me and... So I think there's two things. There were people that just let me sit and be in my pain. And that was good because that's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to move on. Time was moving on, but I didn't want to move on. But then there were also people where I could see their life was going on, was continuing. And I was like jealous of that fact that they were able to go out on dates on Saturday night. And I'm at home by myself. I got to spend a lot of time with his family. So I would go over to their house. Some people thought that was not okay, and it was healing for both, I think. I think hopefully healing for them, too, Um, but healing for me, it sort of gave me this other part of closure that I don't think I would have gotten had they not allowed me into their life still. Um, So it was actually like creating some memories with them, and it was weird because we were creating them without Wesley, yet we were also aware of his absence, Um, that it was sort of like he was present. I would see blue butterflies a lot. So every year on his, um, on the anniversary of his death, I wear bright blue. His eyes were crystal blue. Like I'll have to put a picture up, but, um, just blue is, is that color that I'm reminded of, but I would see butterflies everywhere. I mean, they fly in front of my car. Like never have I ever seen so many butterflies, but it was hard. I did not want to go on. I, I did not want to go on. I had, um, thought about not going on 
I never took action on it because I saw how much his parents hurt and I saw how much my parents hurt and I could not do that any more pain to them. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to disappear. It would have been so much easier. What I know now, I'm so glad I did not do that. I trusted God before this happened. Once this happened, I was incredibly angry with God. I had done everything right. I felt I had been a good girl. I had gone to church. I had prayed. I sang on the worship team. I stopped all of it. I just could not. I don't know. I just thought, why would you do this to me? I've done everything, God. I've done everything. But what I do know is that he was with me through this entire experience, whether I wanted to acknowledge him or not. He was carrying me, literally carrying me and getting me through because there are parts of my life that I have literally no memory of my senior year. Like I remember homecoming crying. I remember senior year prom crying, like just being so devastated that I wasn't with who I wanted to be with and I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. So there were really hard parts. Did you feel guilty for going on and doing those things Mm -hmm. that he should have been doing too? Oh yeah. And I think that's a lot of where my tears came from. I remember in one of my dreams, which I'm so thankful for my dreams, but um, in one of them, I remember him saying, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I don't know, like, if that was really him, I'd like to think that was him or like, it's just a gift from God to be like, you can do this. Like, it's okay. Um, He's not going to come back and be like, I can't believe you, you know, did all this. Like, he's, he's happy where he is. So I think going forward through life. Yeah, that was, that was um, difficult. I remember telling his mom, like, I can't remember exactly where we went one day, but she had picked me up and we went like on a girl's shopping day or something. And I was like, I'm never going to find anybody. Like I never want to be married. I'm never going to be married. That's who I wanted to marry. And she was like, I think you will one day. You're young. It will be okay. And I was like, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to believe that at the time because I just couldn't see it, but, um, went on to college. I went to the university of North Georgia and I, I think from there it was hard because people didn't know me Yeah. when I was in high school. People knew my story. They were like, Oh, you dated Wesley. Like that was my identity. It was in a way, you know? Um, I mean, I did a lot of things and I was super involved with things, but that was like that okay, she's got a little label on her now. You were the girl who lost her boyfriend. Yeah. And I, I didn't know, I didn't know anybody who had been through that. So I didn't know anybody to talk to about it. I didn't go to counseling. I remember asking my mom, can I please get on something to make me not feel like this, like medicine? And she was like, I think you just have to grieve. Like you have to go through this and we're here for you and we'll talk with you, Mm -hmm. which I'm grateful for that she did that. And she was strong enough because I don't know where that would have taken me. I can't Um, imagine them how your parents felt too, because you you want to take away any pain Mm -hmm. from your kids. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, as parents, we, Mm -hmm. we know what that feels like. Identify with that. Um, And Mm -hmm. just not having walked through anything like that, not knowing how to deal with it and Mm -hmm. just seeing you must Mm -hmm. must have been really hard. I think it was. And I I don't think that we've ever had that hard conversation of like, what was it like on the other side of me as I was walking through grief? Mm -hmm. It's not pretty. I almost don't want to know because I don't think I remember all of the hurtful things that I did. Um, I do remember one time my mom saying, your aunt and uncle are here. They drove up from Florida to see you or to see our family. And I was like in the midst. I mean, 
it was probably like a month after he had passed away. And I was like, no, I do not want to see anyone. And I went to slam the door of the bathroom door where I was standing in the bathroom. My mom was in the hallway and her hands were just on the side um, where the door hinge comes and it pinched her fingers. Like, and I didn't know, but I think that snapped me back to reality of like, you're being a mean person and your mom is just trying to be here to help. So it was, it was little moments like that that sort of made me feel like you can't just hurt everybody who loves you. Yeah, that's where I was. It was not a pretty picture. I'm sure it was hard, (laughs) really hard. Yeah. So how did faith play into this? Was it a comfort knowing that while you were grieving here and everyone was hurt that you knew where he was? Mm -hmm. And was that a comfort? It was. I remember my dad feeling so at peace. Um, He was like, I just had this conversation with him a few months ago. Like, do you love Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And he was like, yeah, I got saved. And he like named the year that he got saved. And he was like, I do. I do think, I do believe I'm going to heaven and I do have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm so glad they had that conversation because that wasn't, I don't know, that wasn't something that we talked about a lot, but that was something that he was like, yeah, I know Jesus. Like he, dad said he was just so confident in it. He knew what I believed. I knew that he believed in Jesus, but it was so cool to see, like, I guess get that extra layer of credibility. Like he talked to my dad about it too. Right. And and that gave That's a gift, that it, assurance. Absolutely. And so we could all feel like, yeah, it stinks down here that we're suffering, <laughs> yeah. but he's not suffering. Right. Um, and we all went through a hard walk with suffering. I mean, it's still hard in a weird, I mean, my life has moved on. It has continuously moved on, but I will always have that. Um, I mean, like today, it's been almost 18 years And I'm like literally sobbing, trying to catch my breath. It is hard to go back to that moment and think about how his family has not seen him and missed out on him. But I know they will one day. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's how grief is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that you get over and it can hit you at unexpected Mm -hmm. times. And I saw a really cool example the other day. I think my sister shared it with me. And it was a picture of a square, like a box. And um, inside the box was this huge circle or a ball that was symbolizing grief. And when it first happens, when something happens and causes you grief, the ball is really, really large. And so anytime that box gets bumped, that ball is just hitting you hard every time. Um, And then as time progresses, that ball doesn't go away, but other things fill the box and the ball takes up less space. However, when it hits the side of the box it still hurts really bad to know like, Ooh, it's still there. It's still living. So, um, I thought that was a good illustration of grief and it made me feel okay with like, yeah, that is a part of my past that hurts because it was so good. Yeah. So you mentioned it's now been 18 years Yeah. and you know that you are married with two <laughs> precious babies. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what you know, how did losing Wesley play into your next relationship? And mm-hmm. were you able to open up to a new relationship? What did that look like? Yeah, it's a good question. So when I first went to college, I was not interested in anyone seriously or anything like that. And then my sophomore year in college, I was uh, introduced or reintroduced, I say, to my husband, Ryan. We went to high school together. 
However, as you know, we're in different relationships. He had different girlfriends. I had Wesley. And, um, but I remember seeing him, um, in the hallways at school and stuff and just saying, Hey, like not thinking anything about that. But my roommate in college and his roommate in college were dating. And so we had, you know, met each other that way and went on a couple dates. And I didn't know, like, if that, you know, if this was going to be serious or not. But I remember feeling like, what if, you know, he's so cute. Like, what if? <laughs> and he, like, likes me. And I was getting attention from him and all that. And I remember one day we were talking about our middle names. I can remember exactly where we were getting onto an elevator. It was Cole and Stephanie, the couple that were dating our roommates, and Ryan and I. And he said, my middle name's Wesley. And I looked at Stephanie, and I just feel like I just had seen a ghost. I was like, what? And I know there's a lot of people with, like, that name or whatever, but I was just like, you've got to be joking me. Like, I did not know this. And then um, as we got to know each other more and more, he had suffered a lot of grief, too, and losing some close friends. And so I think that helped us so much because he could sort of get where I was coming from and why I had experienced, you know, why I was sad. This was only three years out and why, you know, that was hard for me to open up to people. Or, um, one night we were, I guess we had been dating for probably like two months or so. And my parents had rented a lake house. And so I was like, Hey, do you want to come up and you could stay at the lake house with us? You have to sleep in my brother's room. Like (laughs) we were in college. So it wasn't like we were close with each other's families yet. Exactly. And so, um, he, he either slept on the couch or slept in the room with Greg or whatever, but it was strange because having another boyfriend bringing home a boyfriend and like, you know, he never, he never made it feel like he had to live up to expectations of Wesley because he knew who Wesley was. Like he knew my past, um, in, in a sense, I think he was just more open with that. But anyways, at the lake house that night, there was a dock that was out back and we went and laid on, on the dock and looked at the stars. And I remember having a conversation about heaven and did we think it was, it was real. I was still mad at God at this time. I mean, I carried a lot of anger towards him. I knew he was still there, but I was mad at him Mm -hmm. and thank God he is a good God and he can handle, you know, some anger that I throw at him. And um, he was like, I absolutely do. And I was like, me too. And I said, I think that they're like up there and they're having the time of their lives talking about our friends that we lost. And it was just this, I don't know, it was sort of like a spiritual yet not conversation between us that where we were like, God, life is hard and we're young, Um, but we continued to date. And I'm just so grateful for him. And the way that he, like last night when I was writing out my answers to these questions that you were going to ask me, he walked in the room and I was like, this really sucks. And he was like, I know. And he like gave me the biggest hug and he just understands. But man, I love him so much. And I'm so grateful for the life that God had, you know, for me. And that he just didn't, God just didn't say, okay, that was your option. You don't get any more chances. And, um. I have been so blessed by him, by our children, by our families that love us, that welcome us in, by Wesley's family being so open with it. I remember in college, after I knew that I wanted Ryan, you know, I wanted that relationship with him. I wanted him to be my husband one day. I wrote 
Wesley's mom a, a card. And I was like, this is really hard for me to write. But I think I've found somebody that I love. And um, I wrote it to her and I sent it. And I don't, we never talked about it. But it was just a way for me to be like, okay, you're right. You said I would find somebody one day. I didn't think it would be this soon. Three years. It seems like it was so long. But they've always just been like, hey, do you guys, you know, bring the kids over. I got to bring the kids over a month ago and see them. And just for them to be so happy to meet those babies and just, uh, it's just, they've always been so kind and open arms to our family. And that's allowed for a lot of healing. Yeah. Like not letting me feel guilty yeah. about going on with my life. That's good. Mm-hmm. So how would you say that this experience has changed the way that you approach life or relationships with other people? I will say that I finally um, got over my anger with God. And I think it has created uh, a lot of empathy in me for other people. He's allowed me to see that and allowed me to encourage people. Um, I also feel like I took I took lessons from Wesley, even though he was 16 and 17 years old. I mean, 15 when we, when we became friends. But just from that short amount of time, that seems like a blip in my life now of how quickly high school can go by. It was just a lesson to like laugh a little more and not take things so seriously and look for the butterflies. Just take time out to be with your family or be outside and care for another person. He had so many friends and he was such a good friend to so many people. And I know that left a crazy void in their life uh, to not be around him. But just that lesson of like, you can impact a lot of people in a short amount of time. So use your time wisely. Just be a light to people. Just be kind. And um, that I think that's something that I've carried from him. And then just making sure that you tell people how you really feel before you're, you know, getting off the phone. That if I if I would have been angry with him and he drove away, I have no idea like how I would feel right now. But I was not. I was like, I love you. I'll see you later. And I'm so glad that like that was the last that I got to talk to him and that he said that too. And I knew that he did. So I think just take not taking life for granted. And what would you say to anyone who may be walking through something similar right now, grieving mm-hmm. and feeling like, you know, they don't know what the future looks like? Yeah. I think looking back, it literally looked like there was nothing, like there was a cliff. And it was like, you don't have anything to live for. But then as as time continued on, there's so much more that God has planned for you. That you'll never know. Um, that you're not alone in it. And you just have to reach out. I didn't know anybody who had gone through this. So um, I would say my friend was uh, that movie, A Walk to Remember with Mandy Moore. Do you yes. remember that? Yes. I my parents were probably like, geez. Because I had it in my room playing. I mean, I would lay in my bed and just sob. But it was like that person who understood me. Yeah. was on the screen but like that sounds so dumb to say out loud but that was the truth like I had to find some some way that someone somewhere understood me and we didn't have all the ways that we can connect now mm-hmm. um I actually emailed with a girl she she found out I don't know how she found out about me but she found out about me 
through somebody at her school and her boyfriend had actually passed away. And so she had emailed me. So we emailed with each other and that was so life-giving to be like, she gets it. And yeah, we weren't married and no, we're not 30 when, when he passed away. And like people think that high school love isn't true love or whatever, you know, like we just had that connection. And then I've gotten to be on the other side of it and help someone else and sit down with them and say, yeah, it does suck so bad. This is terrible, but life will give you some good things to hold on to. And God is there and he is holding you up. And I remember making, I mean, this is just so funny, but making CDs, <laughs> burning a CD mm-hmm. for um, a friend that had gone through something and just encouraging songs. And I was like, if I can do anything, I can make a CD of songs that encouraged me. Right. So I think just knowing that, yeah, yeah, it feels really lonely. It feels like you are truly alone, but you are never really alone. There's always someone there to help you, or there's always just verses in the Bible or music. And when you can't pray, someone else can pray for you, but you have to ask for it and say like, this is really terrible. And even if you don't ask for it, I guarantee you there's people out there praying for you because they see you on the outside. They see what's going on from the outside, even though if you're not letting them in, they're out there praying for you. Well, thank you. I'm going to close this how you usually close Oh gosh. Thanks for sharing with me mm-hmm. and to your listeners. I know this has been a huge part of your story and mm-hmm. a reason that you want to put out this podcast to be encouraging to mm-hmm. people um, who feel like they're lo- alone and whatever they're walking through. So thank you. Yes. Thank for you. Be here with you. <laughs> Put me on the hot seat. <laughs> but you are a light and I just am so thank grateful you. for you. Thank and, you. Um, I think I have been the recipient of an amazing friend oh. because of what you've been through. No, so. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for taking time out and doing this and uh, taking time away from your beautiful family and doing this yeah. and making up the questions for me. <laughs> well, I hope it did okay. Yes, it was great. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, friends, for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow along on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any exciting new episodes.